It's not funny. Do not laugh at me. What is so funny? I think you just can't handle it when I'm in the zone. I can't. Your face just gets all like numb looking. You just like stare at the screen and you just like your whole face changes. And then all of a sudden you just go take a deep breath and you're just like, hello and welcome to Cast Royale. <laughs> do I really? I, I know it was good. Do I really got to say it again? I can't be in it unless you do it. So the update, which they're lovingly calling. Which they're loving, so... Mm. Uh, they loving call life left. Ugh. Dude, you don't even understand. I love playing these touchdown games because, like, I feel like I'm consistently color commentating my own games. It's like, he's at the 20, he's at the 10. Touchdown! Welcome to Cast Royale, the Clash Royale podcast for casual players. I'm Rob. And I'm Joe. And this week, we discuss the motherload of game updates, including the most recent balance changes, and more. Boom. The motherload, I love it. Episode 47, baby. Let's go. I think you got to say the, the motherload part with more conviction here, man. That was a ridiculous game update that just happened. It was a ridiculous game update. I can't even, I couldn't even fathom how many things were going to come out in this update. But let me tell you, we've got so much to cover and I can't wait to get through it all. Bada bada. Boom. That was good. I was just going to say, I can't even fathom how much stuff we're going to have to talk about. Right. So we've got plenty to talk about. So let's dig in. Right. Uh, so first things first, like we do every week, Joe, how was your week in the arena? week's been pretty good man i haven't been to be honest with you i haven't been able to play as much as i've wanted to on the ladder um right now i'm currently sitting at 4400 trophies as always i'm still using the mortar mauler baby i cannot get away from that that's my ride or die ladder deck and i cannot get away from it i'm currently working on maxing out my archers so this would in theory be my third maxed out card all common so far so my first was my mortar Yep. Second was my knight, and now my third will be the archers, but I'm only halfway there, so I've got about 2,500 more of those bad girls to request, and uh, I can't wait. They do, some, they do some serious damage, but you want to know what, my, what irks me about level 12 archers, dude? Tell me. They die to level 13 arrows. It mm. kills me that they die to level 13 arrows. So if I go up against someone right now that has level 13 arrows which most people do when i like with who i play it at the trophy count that i'm at right now it's like an automatic loss because they're able to trade and i can't i can't do anything about it that's actually a really good point and you bringing that up uh just reminded me of a thing that i i I would love to see fixed in we're going to talk about one update i want to see this fixed in a future update i feel like it's kind of annoying that you don't know what level a spell is that someone is playing right in theory the only time right so when someone throws an arrows at my level 12 archers right now i'm like whoa, whoa, whoa wait is it gonna kill it is it gonna kill it is yeah, it gonna you're kill holding it holding your breath 
I am. I you know it's that's a very good point. Same thing with like a um like a fireball trying to kill like a musketeer, right? Yes. Or you know sparkies that die to um what are those rockets. things called? Rockets, right? Exactly. You don't know depending on on what level your sparky is. You it may or may not die. You don't know. Yeah, that's a really good point. So what I would really like to see um is just a little indicator that just says what level it is when it first starts, and that's it. It doesn't have to stay there the whole time. Yeah, I think that'd be pretty cool. But aside from card levels and things like that, dude, I have been playing so, so much touchdown matches. We won't go into it right now because we've got so much to cover when it comes to that, you know, in the game update. But I've been playing so much of it, (laughs) and I think that's probably why I haven't been playing the ladder too much. But let's skip over that for now. And you, sir, how was your week in the arena? Uh, well, it's been all right, actually. Uh, I'm hovering around 4,200 trophies. Uh, I, I, the other day I almost got kicked out of the legendary arena again. Yeah, it was kind of scary. Um, but I pulled myself back up, which was great. And like you, I cannot stop playing touchdown, whether it's in the clan or whether it's through the actual events page in the game. But again, we'll get to that later. But I did get the Mega Knight. I purchased it from the shop because I was tired of waiting. Boom. Boom. And another one, I got the cannon card. So I finally have all the cards until they release more cards. Double boom. Dude, I didn't know you didn't have the cannon card. I didn't know either until I saw that there was a little (laughs) red one. There was a little red one on my uh, card list. And I'm like, wait a second. What? You know, because I thumbed through the chest and I was like, tap, 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 tap. And I didn't even I didn't even notice it that it showed up. I'm swiping screens and I'm like, wait a second. What is down here? I don't have a card. Cannon card. That's got to be an amazing feeling. So now you have every card in Clash of Royale. Clash of Royale has been conquered. It won't last very long because there'll be new cards on the horizon. Right. And they'll release it with some sort of a challenge that we won't win just like we didn't win the last one that came out. What was it? The, the bats we didn't win. Uh, oh, right. You didn't win that one either. I forgot about nope. that. Didn't win the bats. I forget. That was the last one, right? I think so. Someone will email us to correct us, I'm sure. Yeah, but hey, that's fine. They came <laughs> out at some point. We definitely didn't get them. But. Right. Um, so anything else you want to talk about this week or do you want to just kind of dive right in because we have too much stuff to talk about? Let's dive in. All right. So first things first, let's get through these balance updates because they hit the game with a bang or with a boom. With a boom. And we got a lot of interesting changes, some of which I did not necessarily see coming. How about you? I definitely did not see one coming. The first one, the second one, the third one was a little bit weird. The fourth one, the fifth one, they were all awkward to me in the sense that like I didn't expect them all. But when I read through them, I was like, you know what? This makes sense. Yeah. So let's start with number one. So you said you didn't expect this one. So good old Sparky had her hit speed decreased to four seconds from five seconds. So it's it loads quicker. Um, And her damage was decreased by 15 percent. So this was both good and bad, but in a way that they were trying to make it so that Sparkies can no longer one-shot another Sparky, which I didn't even put together that that could happen to begin with. Yeah, so you don't see Sparkies play that often right now, right? Maybe after these balance changes, you'll see them played a little bit more. But before Sparkies were, I guess, balanced or changed in some way, you didn't really see them played next to each other, like a mirror matchup, right? Right. But in the old days, when Sparky used to be pretty well off, you know, played behind a 
you know, a, a giant or something like that before all the other cards came out, everybody would just play mirror matchups with Sparky. And the cool thing was after the tanks died, it would just be a Sparky versus Sparky matchup. Right. And it was really like whichever Sparky got the first hit off would kill the other one first. And sometimes they would shoot off at the same time and literally explode each other. So, you know, now it's a little bit different. You know, one shot from a Sparky won't kill another one Sparky. You know, I think that, you know, a lot of people think that this was a buff and a nerf, but at the same time, I think that her hit speed, I guess, decrease, right? She attacks quicker um, by 20% is significantly better than the damage nerf that she got. I think that four seconds is going to impact the game tremendously. If you think about it, the biggest issue with Sparky is that when you get to higher levels, people counter her very easily because they take advantage of her with zap and cheap troops that can reset her target, right? Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, if she's charging quicker, you don't have as much time to react. You don't have as much leeway to make mistakes or be nonchalant about your gameplay. She capitalizes on errors faster, and I think, you know, unlike the knight or unlike the archers, you make a mistake versus the sparky, you're going to feel it. And 15% damage less might be a little bit of a reduction, but you're still going to feel that damage. It's going to hurt. Well, I can tell you from experience that I absolutely feel the fact that her charge up for hitting is only four seconds now. Have you noticed that her uh, audio is much quicker and it, it gives me so much more anxiety? I'm like, oh no, I got to get something on the ground because it's going to hit my tower. Dude, I feel like they've just taken Sparky and they've put like an Energizer battery bunny inside of her yeah and just like ramping her going 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 boom going 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 really really good image that i have in my head now thank you that's what i do i create images all right let's move on to the next one what's the next one? Oh, right so the next one is that the tesla tower received a 41 percent damage increase Ooh, woof and its hit speed decreased to one seconds from 0.8 seconds a pop. And the main interaction change there is that the Tesla Tower now one-shots both minions and goblins. Obviously, it won't kill all three minions at once or all three goblins at once, but it one-shots each one individually per attack. I love this change. I think it was totally necessary for this card to be a little bit more viable in terms of dealing with the cards that it was meant to deal with to begin with. Um, And now it can take them out, no issue. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. And let's just look at this one in theory got a buff and a nerf, right? Yep. So the damage buff was 41%. The hit speed was 25% hit speed decrease. So in theory, it attacks 25% slower. Right. But with that comes more damage. And I think the biggest issue with this is that the Tesla Tower just wasn't that effective. You know, for four cost, people were using the cannon as opposed to the Tesla because the cannon could at least do more damage to little troops like spear goblins and regular goblins. And it cost three. And it cost three, exactly. The Tesla tower for the for the damage, the only thing it could one shot was spear goblins and bats, right? So for an extra four cost, you weren't really getting the benefit other than just being able to attack air. So I think this is better because it won't take two shots now to kill goblins um or minions and i just mm-hmm. think ultimately it makes it a better or more compelling choice 
for certain deck archetypes as opposed to just automatically going to a cannon when you're when you're trying to go for like a cycle type deck. It's a good point. Uh, so change number three, which comes to us in the form of a change to the Electro Wizard, who had his damage decreased by 4% and his first attack comes 0.2 seconds slower. What do you make of this? So, I mean, they say in the, in the notes that this has no major interaction changes. I think that they just felt that the Electro Wizard was a little bit too powerful. You know, a little bit too much bank for the buck. You know, and it's a great control card. It's used in so many different deck archetypes, right? And I think, you know, it just makes it a little bit less compelling um, in terms of damage per second, right? It attacks a little bit slower and attacks for less damage. Mm -hmm. And I don't mind this change at all. I think the Electro Wizard is really good and a little bit of a a nerf doesn't necessarily make it unusable. Uh, But at the same time, it, it also doesn't make a huge impact on the game. So. I'm fine with it. Yeah, I wonder, it almost, you know, I kind of question why the 0.2 seconds slower on only the first attack, and I'm, I'm thinking this through, and I wonder if it has to do more with those situations where the Electro Wizard comes in and damages things immediately with its impact damage, and, you know, giving it too much power to immediately hit its shot is probably a little bit too much for that card, considering that it only costs four. Um... But I don't know. That's the only thing I can think of, though. Yeah, no, that, that's a fair point. Like, right now, if somebody throws a goblin barrel on top of your tower, and you drop an Electro Wizard on, you know, in the front of your tower, it'll technically zap when it comes down the first two, like the top two goblins, right? right. And then before they can get a shot off, he'll attack them. Right. So maybe which... this allows them to get one stab off on the tower. I don't know. I haven't tested it yet. But maybe this allows them to get one hit off on the tower before they actually die. I think I nailed it. You nailed it, bro. <laughs> All right, let's dive into the next one. Are you ready for this one? I don't know if I'm ready for this one. The next change comes to the graveyard. The duration was increased back up from 9 seconds to 10 seconds, was, which was its original value before the most recent balance changes came out. Its radius, though, was reduced from 5 tiles to 4 tiles. The first skeleton spawns 0.5 seconds slower, so they're not as quick on your tower. And the last piece of this puzzle is that the skeletons themselves will spawn less randomly. No major interaction changes for this bad boy, but a whole bunch of changes. What are your thoughts? So what I'm looking at here is a more focused graveyard. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that's spot on, dude, right? Like, the, I think all of these changes as they go are both pluses and minuses, right? So the duration from 9 seconds up to 10 seconds just makes it last a little bit longer. But with that, like you just said, radius from 5 tiles to 4 tiles makes it more concentrated, right? Mm-hmm. Now let's think about that a bit. If I'm using a graveyard and the tile radius on your tower is lower, then that gives me a benefit because I have a less chance or a lesser chance of my graveyard randomly spawning and activating your king tower, which is typically devastating for a graveyard player. The second thing is a good thing. The smaller radius allows me as an attacker to be able to place something like a poison or an arrows in a more concentrated area because the graveyard is now in a smaller area for you to defend against. So 
I only have a smaller area to use my spells on, which allows me more accuracy in using them. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. However, on the flip side to that, the radius being smaller is actually a disadvantage to the graveyard attacker because the defender now doesn't have to defend against as wide of an area, right? It's a little bit more concentrated, so it's easy to handle a little bit more tailored. Yeah, it's a really good point. How do you how do you think um, the skeleton spawning less randomly affects everything? I think that's huge, man. I, you know, I think eventually, if you see them, if you see a graveyard used enough times, you can start to predict which side, or you know, whether the left or the right or the top or the bottom is spawning last. So you can better choose cards or spells to defend against it, or choose when to use those cards to defend against things like for example if things spawn less randomly then you know when they're going to finish and where they're going to finish off so you can properly time a log or a zap to finish off the graveyard whereas previously you didn't know where they were coming from they were <laughs> they were just coming from anywhere so it's it's hard to predict that kind of stuff right so i think this is i think this is good ultimately the graveyard offered a lot of value before now it's a little bit more calculated, so you know I think it'll still be good, but definitely easier to deal with. Every time we keep talking about this, I keep thinking of more things, because you mentioned the log. Don't you think that the log can handle a graveyard a little bit better, like towards the end, because the radius is smaller? Oh, yeah, no, that's a really good point, too, right? Like smaller spells, like even the zap, the zap, the log, the arrows never really had that issue, but, you know the bowler any of those things right Right. any of those splash type cards it's just easier to handle and i'm a fan of that yeah me too um so let's move on to the next one um this change actually happened to the cannon cart which is the card that i just got which is your brand new card i know i'm really excited about it um the cannon cart's hit points was increased by five percent and then its shield hit points was also increased five percent so how do you feel about that? Well, for those that don't know or haven't realized yet, because it took me a little while to understand that the shield hit points and the actual hit points are the same for this card. So it makes sense that they would have to increase one while also increasing the other. Right. So what do you think the purpose of this change was? Well, I mean, they they point out that the cannon card shield will now survive a Mega Knight jump and hit. So I feel like that's a really big thing because I think previously what wound up happening was the cannon cart would be rolling across the field and it moves fairly quickly, right? Yep. The Mega Knight would do its jump, it would hit it and immediately shut the car down, which to me, now that I'm thinking about it, because I didn't really know that that would happen because I don't see the cannon cart played all too often, if rarely with a Mega Knight. Um, But I think that this kind of makes sense. I don't think that that card should be able to not withstand a Mega Knight's hit at least once. Yeah, no, I I completely agree, man. I think, you know, for a five-cost epic card, this thing just got shut down too easily. Like you said before, this interaction between the Mega Knight jump and hit just shut it down, and it really did. As soon as the shield breaks off, the thing is shut down. It's effective, but it can't move. It's only effective if there's troops or something nearby it. Um... The thing about things like the Mega Knight is that it winds up jumping very quickly across the map. So if it immobilizes the cannon cart before the cannon cart gets to reach the river, the cannon cart basically becomes a useless card on defense. It would be like throwing a cannon down, which is three cost and doesn't move, on your side of the map before your opponent does anything. It winds up being almost a waste of three elixir. Right. Only in this case, five. That is a fair point. 
So overall, we like this change. Love it. Makes mm-hmm. the, it just makes the card feel more epic, right? Like, no pun intended. It makes the card feel better. If it can last longer, then it can be more effective on the map. And I think that's the kind of thing it was lacking. Yeah, it's a, that's, a, that's a good point. All right, so let's move on to the next one. The next one is the Lightning card. And this card received a 3% decrease in damage as well as a reduction in tile radius to three tiles from 3.5 tiles. How do you feel about this one, sir? So personally, as a, as a rocket player, I'm always looking for ways to not deal with a lightning. Um, I don't really use the lightning that much, but I do feel like it's extremely powerful considering that it can hit three things virtually at the same time. Um, I think this kind of makes it a little bit more focused. Like you have to really be more precise where you put it now. Um, and it also makes it so that if you don't time it correctly, whatever you're trying to hit could easily walk outside of the radius that you were intending to shoot down on the arena, which I think definitely makes the skill cap for this card a little bit higher. Do, do I think that the 3% decrease in damage is going to be a huge deal? Probably not. Um, We'd have to really see it in play. Right. No, I totally agree. I totally agree with your um, concentrated comment, right? Like, you know, now it's, it's, it requires the person who's playing the lightning to be more precise and more timely. They can't just wait a second and, and, and kind of have it, it work in their favor. But this also provides a benefit and more strategic play for the, the person who's defending you. I mean, you can't really defend against the lightning, but you can if you right. space out your troops properly. So if you are aware that your opponent is playing a lightning spell, you can properly space out your troops three tiles away from each other or three and a half tiles away from each other now, and then your opponent's lightning can't reach them all. So it makes it tougher for them to get the, the lightning value on the tower plus two troops like a wizard and a musketeer. And that's the part of the game that makes that card so powerful. It, it, it literally makes some cards unusable um but now if you could play against the same cards and just space them out a bit more and nothing bad can happen to them exactly you want to make your opponent wish that they had a fireball in their deck totally agree yeah so the next change actually happened to the spear goblins who had their hit speed increased to 1.1 seconds from 1.3 seconds so they hit a little quicker yeah, and I don't think there were any major interaction changes with this one, but I felt, I always have felt that the Spear Goblins just needed a little bit of oomph, you know, a little bit of something. Uh, a little bit to, of something special, eh? A spicy meatball, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I'm definitely not against this. I, I lean towards being more for it. I, I don't necessarily think this makes them overpowered by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, as long as they die to a two cost zap or log or fire spirits or. Any other one shot from most troops, I don't really mind. Well, that's true. Maybe this change helps them survive a set of fire spirits with the help of a tower now. You mean because they can all attack the fire spirits quicker and therefore kill those fire spirits before they attack them? Only if you have the tower included, yes. Yeah, that might be the case, right? Because then you have... Yeah, it's, it's kind of like an archer, right? Like the tower plus archers will kill the fire spirits before the fire spirit will will attack right depending on the level Mm, yeah i guess all right so let's jump in 
to the last balance change. This one, I definitely did not see coming. The Valkyrie received a 5% damage increase. And by doing so, the Valkyrie will now one-shot princesses, dart goblins, and she will take down barbarians, regular barbarians, in just three simple attacks. It's crazy. Thoughts on this one? Crazy. I already thought that the Valkyrie was very strong. But I can see why they needed to increase the damage a little bit because 5% really isn't that major, but it's just enough to be able to one-shot the two troops that she probably should have been able to one-shot, all things considered. Like, I, you know, just based on the way the character looks, I feel like the Valkyrie should be able to take out a measly little princess, don't you think? Oh, I totally agree. It's like, it's like the, the, the brain versus the brawn here. Exactly. That's exactly. That's what I'm saying. So all in all, I'm all for this change. Not excited to deal with this thing on the battlefield when it lands in front of my mortar, but I'm excited because I think that Valkyrie players are going to have a field day with this. Here's my question to you, sir. Oh boy. Do you think that this change will bring back the trifecta? <laughs> I don't know. That's a really, really good question. Actually, since the balance changes hit, I, not a lot, but I have seen a couple of pop-ups with Hog Rider and uh, Valkyrie. So maybe. Just tack on a, uh, a Musketeer and or an Ice Wizard to that and you've got yourself a game, dude. I know, dude, I can't. Uh, so if that happens, thoroughly not looking forward to that because you and I have talked about how much I don't like that deck <laughs> when I'm facing it. It doesn't work. Uh, my deck doesn't work well against it. If it starts to come back, you can bet your bottom dollar I'm giving it a shot. Oh, I, I, I don't doubt that whatsoever, Joe. Alright! <laughs> there it is. Um, so there were a couple of fixes that actually happened. Um with the balance update. So I'm just going to read them and we can kind of maybe talk through them if we feel there's stuff to talk about. So for the Bandit and the Mega Knight, they fixed the fact that the Bandit and the Mega Knight dashed and jumped a little bit shorter than they should have. So that's now corrected. Um, They also fixed an issue with the cannon cart where troops occasionally stopped targeting the cannon cart and very occasionally got stuck behind a broken cannon cart. And they also fixed troop pathfinding, where troops steering towards an unexpected lane would now behave more as they're expected. And a lot of times that would happen when, you know, say three musketeers were put in the very center of the map, and then they would be tornadoed all onto one side of the map. But then some of them would just like walk back across the other side of the map. And we were like, well, hold on a minute here. Where are you going, young lady? Get young ladies, here. young ladies, young ladies, get back here. So the last fix actually didn't make it into the update, at least at the time of this recording, was a very, very strange, but also very big issue where, and I'm going to put it to you in perspective where I am playing and Joe is my opponent. So let's say I drop down an Inferno Tower on my side of the map and Joe sends a Lava Hound straight towards my Inferno Tower. But Joe also sends some guards because they have shields down the other lane. My tower, where the guards are, is attacking the guards and it breaks their shield. 
So now what would happen is, and this is the bug, every time a shield broke, now keep in mind this is the tower and the guards, that's the only interaction here, every time the shield broke from a guard, the inferno towers charge or attack stopped and it reset back on to the lava hound. So essentially it would just reset the attack every time a shield broke. And that's not what's supposed to happen. So basically, I throw a Lava Hound on the left-hand side. Your Inferno Tower targets my Lava Hound. Yep. On the complete other side of the map, on the right-hand side, a random guard shield is broke. And that reset your Inferno Tower's (laughs) charge on my left-hand side Lava Hound. So my Lava Hound lived longer. Right, and theoretically, the Inferno Tower isn't doing what it's supposed to do, which is destroying a Lava Hound. So now this happened with every troop that had a shield. So guards, the Dark Prince, the Cannon Cart, what have you. So this is a big deal, and I don't know if it actually made it in by the time this, you know, the podcast releases, but at the time of the recording, this was a very, very big issue. So I really hope they fix it. And if you didn't know about it, now you do. And that's amazing. I had absolutely no clue. And I, I don't even know if I would have noticed. Like, I, I don't even know if I ever would have noticed. And, I, you know, I'm sure they'll fix it if it's that big of an issue and everybody knows about it. But whoever caught that, bravo. Crazy, right? Yeah, it's pretty insane. So that pretty much does it for those balance changes. Yeah, it does. So as always, it's time for a balance changes rating. So, Rob, what grade do you give these balance changes? Hmm. Well, just from a high level, looking over all of the changes right now, I'm going to say that I give them a solid A. What about you? I would say the exact same thing. Solid A. I was borderline A plus, but you know, I can't I can't possibly give an A plus until the hog rider <laughs> gets another 25% damage increase. And then I'll be happy. So pretty much we're never going to give an A+. Right. Or the mortar gets like, you know, a 2% deployment time as opposed to like a 3.5 second deployment time. Right. Or just attacks faster. Just really beef up the mortar. That's really what we care about right now. Yeah. So either the hog rider, if, but if not the hog rider, just help us out with the mortar and we'll be happy. But other, otherwise, super solid balance changes. They all make sense. And I can't wait to see how they impact the meta. Boom. So not only did we get balance changes, but we also got what Supercell is calling the largest game update ever. Largest game update ever! So the update, which they lovingly call Epic Quests Update, contains many, 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 many changes. And they are, for the most part, all awesome. Totally agree. Let's dive in one by one. So, number one, first on the ballot is quests we got quests dude like we have things to work for and get achievements ah i know dude daily quests weekly quests earn epic chests rewards it's so amazing you log into the game and there's three on your screen you can get a whole bunch of different kinds too like daily quests where you come into the game and you just get a free reward or something like that Or play 40 buildings in arena matches. Yeah. Or use the giant 45 times. I don't know. I don't care. I have quests and I'll play them and I won't stop. 
It really is awesome. And it's great that you're able to get up to a legendary chest for these rewards. Um, and I, honestly, I don't even miss the free chest because that's essentially what this feature is replacing, which is fantastic. A lot of people are complaining about the fact that the free chests are missing. But as you and I both discovered, you still get free. First of all, all of the chests that you're getting from quests are free. A. B. You still get free chests in the form of three separate free chests, but that just shows up randomly and it's not every single day, right? Right. And I think the other thing about this is, you know, everyone's upset because, not everyone, but a lot of people are upset because they're not getting free chests. Fine. But like you just said, you're getting free things by playing the game more, but you have to play the game more to do it. And I think overall, that helps not just the community of Clash Royale grow, but at the same time, it helps clans thrive. Communities, those sub-communities, be more active and people playing with one another and being online and communicating. And I think that that's, there's so much more to that than just a free chest every four hours that you can log into the game, not play ever, and just collect a free chest. If you think about it, this forces you to play a game. And if you win that game, even if you don't like, achieve the quest right away, you get at least a silver chest. And oh, by the way, a silver chest can unlock in three hours, which is better than a free chest every four hours. So, you know, at the end of the day, this thing replaces free chests. It one-ups, two-ups, and three-ups free chests. You get so much bang for the buck. And oh, by the way, while you're accomplishing things, it also has those subtleties of community, clan building, people being more active and just being in the game as opposed to, oh, let me just pop in, grab my free chest and leave for the day. Yeah, all really good points. Uh, I really think I like the fact that you can cycle out or get rid of one of your quests per day, at least once per day, I think you can do. Um, because let's say there's a quest that you just don't really like or you're, it doesn't really necessarily fit your play style. You don't have to do it. You can swap that one out for a different one. Um, for example, if there are people that don't necessarily like playing building cards or don't have any legendary cards, they can swipe them out. Although, I'm not really sure if it gives you the legendary one if you don't have any legendaries. That'd be, that'd be kind of mean. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I, I, don't, I, I like the swap out idea. You know, you, you can't guarantee that the next one you're getting is going to be better than the one that you just swapped out for. Right. So it's kind of a hit or a miss, you know, play, you know luck of the draw. But you know, I, I guess at the end of the day, it gives you the option. And if you're a risk taker and you want to choose something else, go for it. Completely agree. But aside from quests, dude, we got new game modes. The first of which was the touchdown tournament. Can you tell me a little bit more about this game mode? So essentially, it is Clash Royale, but Monday Night Football style, so to speak. Um, you remove all of the towers from the arena, and essentially you have two touchdown zones, one on your side and one on your opponent's side. This is a 2v2 only game mode as of right now, um, and essentially what you're doing is you're draft picking cards, and you and your opponent, your goal is to score a touchdown by getting one single troop across into your opponent's end zone. Once that happens, the round resets, and you do it again. You have three minutes to score up to three crowns. The team with the most crowns at the end of the three minutes wins. And if something happens to go into overtime, the next one 
wins. Right, so it's like sudden death. And the coolest thing about this game mode, like you just mentioned, is that it's draft. And it's not like a meta of 2v2 touchdown mode is going to come out of uh, out of this right it's totally draft totally random and it's super fun as it currently stands this is the second game mode in the in the game that is 100% casual in style not only can you do it against opponents via the tournament feature that they have but you can also do it versus clan members so if you have at least four people online you can request a battle with your friends and everyone in the clan that's on can accept it, and it's just so much fun. The one thing that I think is a little bit crazy about it is that the draft challenge itself sometimes, or most of the time, makes very quirky deck matchups. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I find it very difficult to stop a hog rider when I don't have any buildings at all. <laughs> yep, it is extremely difficult. Hog rider is, there are definitely cards that shine a little bit more. And I think it's nice to be able to see these cards in a different element, so to speak. Um, but number one, Hog Rider. Two, E-Barbs are fantastic in this mode, especially when you pair either of those two cards with Fire Spirits or Spear Goblins. It really, really helps them just get across. Um, the Lumberjack is fantastic. Pretty much anything that just goes really fast. Also, anything that splits open once it gets to the end zone. So, things like the golem, which have to be killed three times to kill all of it, that could be kind of a nuisance. Another one would be the Lava Hound. I don't know about you, man, but I've played many a match where the Lava Hound just is shy of crossing into that end zone, and then it pops, and then a baby lava pup takes the crown. Takes the crown. It's like like a... um... What do they call it? It's like a relay race. It's like Big Mama Lava Hound. It's crazy. Big Mama Lava Hound is just passing the baton off. She's like, son or daughter, I've done my time. This, this one's you. You do you, it. You shine now. You shine. And then, uh, and then the, the Lava Hound, the little lava pup just like goes into the end zone and does like a Tim Tebow like statue celebration and then everyone's good. Then you move on to the next game. And they gets fined millions of dollars for taunting. Right. And then he dabs and then he drops the mic and walks away and then says, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> so yeah i think this this game mode is super awesome i can't wait to play more of it i think it's already energized my clan and cast royale too yep. i'm sure you've seen something similar on your side but you know even just looking at my friends list like previously before this game update came out man like i saw like you know five people on at a time here or there three people two people here or there there's like 17 people online right now as i speak right now and it just shows you how much of an impact stuff like this has on the game. Yeah, no, um, I, I really can't wait to see what else they do with this. And so far, this is probably my new favorite feature in the entire game. Um, I would love to see the ability to make an announcement to the clan aside from like the inbox or at least revamp the inbox so that way we can like set a date and a time and it's easy for people to read so we could say, hey, Everybody, let's be online at 8 o'clock on Tuesday so we can play two hours worth of matches or just something like that. I don't think the current inbox mailing system works well for that. Right, and I agree. It's something like where you send it out to the clan and, and the people in the clan can like vote yes or no. That way they can say whether they're like they're in or they're not going to make it. That way, right. Yeah, and you can click on it and say who accepted or who's not going to make it. That way yeah. you can just plan accordingly. Kind of like a small invitation to get a head count. Totally agree. Mm-hmm. How do you like the fact that we can communicate with our 2v2 partner 
via emotes in the touchdown mode. Like after the game? Yeah, like after the game, you're able to sit and say, hey, how's it going? Well, you can't really talk, but you can like just right. click one of like 10 options. But it's pretty cool. You can say like, hey, good game. Gotta go. Peace. It is Boom, cool. Swag. No, no, no. It is cool. So, but what I'm finding is if it's someone in my clan, they usually just leave and talk to me in the clan. Right. Which is fine, but that defeats the purpose. But then also, if I'm playing with a random opponent or random partner in this case, they don't usually stick around long enough for me to say anything. And by the time I siphon through all 10 of those options to figure out what it is I wanted to say, they're gone. Every time I've tried to say like just good game or literally just anything, haha, they're like, exit. John Doe has exited the building. <laughs> no, I, I agree. I, th- I think, I think, you know, stuff like that, like, you know, over time, just like all of the other emotes right now there, I think there's how many emotes are there in, in, in the regular game? There's four faces, and then there's six other things. Are there? All right, let's go through them. Ready? There's oops, wow, okay. thanks, thanks. well-played, good game, good luck. Is there any more? Now, now, I'm, now I'm questioning my own knowledge. I shouldn't be the host of a, a podcast about Clash Royale. I'm going to go with there are six, and there's plus the four faces, so there's ten emotes. So. In theory, there if there's ten more emotes, then you know you just gotta learn them. That's what I mean. You've learned where thanks is, and you've learned where the the good game is, and well where well played are. That's true, but they put some weird stuff in there that I just I look at it. I'm like, why is that? Why is that an option to message my partner who I'm going to ask to play again? Yeah, they, they they've got emotes in there like preach, brother. <laughs> do they is that is that actually a thing no i don't think so it's it, it is ridiculous one of them is like life is something i don't and i'm like why is that there they should totally have a boom in there i don't know why they don't have a boom they should totally have a mic drop in there yeah supercell what are you doing we're giving you permission to just use the word boom not like we really have a trademark but like come on use it use it or lose it hmm? <laughs> i like that that was good so now can you tell me about the other game modes? Right. So the other game modes are mirror battles. So this is a game mode where you and your opponent get the exact same deck. So you know where like people would be playing against certain matchups and they'd be like, oh, this matchup is bad. And oh, it's rock, paper, scissor. And oh, I just lost because this deck matchup was terrible. Well, now all of that goes away because if you and I are both playing the Mortar Mauler, it simply becomes who played it better as right. opposed to who had the better deck. So, you know, what this kind of thing does is it allows people to play with maybe decks that they've never played with before, you know, certain card types that they have to get used to. But I think it's better for the game because ultimately it gives you more of a deck card pool to, to use. Right. I think, I think this just makes it so that people have a different thing to complain about, which will be, oh, he had four completely different cards when he started. So, like, he had a better starting hand. That's why I lost. So I could be 100% wrong, but I thought that the mirror battles gave me and you the same deck and the same cycle. It just depended on which cards you used first. So like we have the Hmm. same first four cards, but I used the skeletons first, you used the mortar first, and then our cycles are different because we're using different cards. Well, if that's true, then I take back my statement and it's a completely moot point. Yeah, but again, it just becomes, I, I could be totally wrong, I don't know, but at the end of the day, either way, 
it allows people to just focus on skill as opposed to which deck archetype beat the deck archetype. Right. So something else that I cannot wait to participate in is the ability to earn gold and gems by taking down towers during special events known as the Gold Rush and the Gem Rush. So essentially what happens is when you're playing a regular match during a Gold Rush or a Gem Rush, if you take down one tower, any tower, you will receive either gold or gems, depending on what version of the event you're in. And it just gets stockpiled on top of your existing golden gems. So this is just another way to get gold and the wonderful green currency gems, which are kind of hard to come by unless you pay for them. Yeah, no, I I totally agree with you. We haven't seen this in the game yet, but it's going to be amazing to take advantage of. Who would ever complain about extra gold and or extra gems, especially for doing what we're already doing, which is trying to take down some towers. Right. They also uh, say that challenges come in more shapes and sizes, and also they now unlock at level 5, which previously they used to unlock at level 8. So the thought process behind this was, we want more people playing, and we want more people partaking in challenges. Why would we make the barrier to entry so high? So... They lowered it to five, which is great. I think at that point, by the time you're level five, you have enough wherewithal and you have an un- a good understanding of the game to be able to play a challenge, whether you're good or not at them. That remains to be seen, but I think it's better that they, they open them up a little bit earlier. But do you think that they level them up to tournament caps? That way they can not be at such a disadvantage to people that are level nine? I think in every challenge, your stuff is always leveled up or down. Got it. That's my guess, but what do I know? Well... We've definitely been wrong before, so... Right. We'll just put another notch on the belt if so. (laughs) Send another email and let us know, guys. So there were a couple of other improvements that they made to the game during this game update. Uh, First of which is you can now collect a free Epic card from the shop every single Sunday on Epic Sunday, which is fantastic. Um, They also made it so that gems are no longer refunded for custom tournaments if no players joined or battled, which is very interesting, and I wish they gave some sort of an explanation for that, because to me, that seems like a really bad thing. Yeah, like if you and I both wanted to start a tournament for our Clash Royale community, and you started a tournament, and I accidentally started a tournament, well, not we're not going to have enough people to join both, and I want to play in the one that you're in. If people are joining that one. So like normally I would just, you know, have no one join that way. I don't lose out on stuff (laughs) and, and we would do it then. But you know, if this, if this were a boom it or move it section, I would boom everything, but this one and I move it and I I can't, I can't tell you why, because I don't understand it. Right. And that's, that's really the reason why we would both move it because there's no real reason that we can see. So transparency, man, that's all we want. Um, we also got News Royale in glorious full screen, which is fantastic. I did not like the little pop-up window. It was a little cramped, made me a little claustrophobic, but now on my very large iPhone screen, it looks fantastic. The two biggest improvements. Number one, you can now share and copy decks from outside the game, which is something, Joe, you and I have asked for. For months, we have said that we wanted this as a feature request. 
I'm super excited for this. We are going to use this all the time, especially in the form of our deck spotlights where we write out all of the cards and then people have to go in and recreate the decks. Well, now you can just go into our show notes, click on the link, as long as you're on your phone or tablet, whatever it is, you'll be able to copy the deck directly into your slot and then you won't have to worry about a thing. It really is one of those features that just made the game so much better, but also made our deck spotlight that much better. Yep. No, I totally agree. And then the last improvement, they revamped the shop to include way better deals, some of which are now free. Like earlier today, I got a free sack of 200 gold, which was fantastic. They literally paid me to tap a button. Yeah, and it's an amazing thing. And that also kind of helps with the free chests. You know, you're not getting a free chest anymore, but you're getting these free offers. And like you just said, you got 200 free gold. I just got 10 free gems. And I'll take it. We always say we're looking for ways to get stuff like that. And, you know, I also like the fact that the they changed the way that the cards are given to you. It's more like they're giving you, as you said, deals or like packages. It's not like buy one common and buy as many as you want and the gold will just continuously increase in a linear form until you can't afford them anymore. Which was insane. Yeah, and I mean, now it's like you want to buy commons? Well, you can buy 20 of them for 200 gold, so they cost 10 apiece. You know, you want to buy epics? Well, you can buy one of them or three of them, but they cost 1,000 per per epic. Um, right. And like you said, sometimes in the shop, you'll only be able to buy the one and it'll cost a thousand or it'll give you a package of three for three thousand. So the cost is still the same. You're just you're just getting a different amount of cards. Right. Whereas to buy three epics in the old shop, you would have to pay like six thousand gold. And it's like, who wants to do that for three epics? Not this guy. Not this guy either. And what this does, dude, is it just allows people who don't pay money into this game like us to just be able to get cards that are rare and epic for a larger quantity for a cheaper cost. Sure, the first purchase might be a little bit more than, you know, a little bit more than the old shop. For example, the old shop would give you one common for two gold, but right. it continuously increased. So in the short term, it made you spend more, but over time and through these bulk purchases, you're paying such a small amount per card. It is just an easy way for you to get your rares leveled up and your epics leveled up over time. Every day, new offers, new packages, new booms. <laughs> new booms. Um, and then they also revamped the way that they're going to be releasing new cards. So each new card will now be an actual surprise. So we won't know what they are, which is fantastic. So it used to be, it used to be that the game client had the names and the artwork of some of the cards so now i don't think that happens anymore i know that they talked about it on the the latest release of radio royale but respectfully i don't remember what they said so i can't really talk that much more about it but i'm excited for more surprises because i like surprises right so the old way required them to implement new cards via game updates like big client game updates which didn't happen that often and forced them to put multiple cards in bulk. Whereas this new way allows them to update the game without such, call it heartache. It's not as, as impactful. You don't need a huge game update to do that, you know, like a new version of the client. So now they can just 
throw in one at a time, but you won't never know what, what's coming. And it, I think not only is it a surprise, but it also adds a little bit more hype, right? Like, to be honest, if they release four cards, by the time the fourth month is over and they've released the fourth card, it's like, eh, uh, I've heard the bats for a while now. I don't, I don't need them to come out. Right. Like, it's not, it, it's, it's not such a big deal anymore. Right. It's like four months down the road. You've already seen artwork. You've already heard YouTubers talk about it. You've already heard us talk about the cards and whether they're epic or common. This way, you have no idea what's coming out next, and it's just an element of surprise. Right. And last but not least, and this is more of a public service announcement than anything else, um, with the introduction of quests, Supercell will be removing achievements in the next game update. So, with that said, if you have any achievements that are still outstanding, go and do them, because that's a way to get some gems and some coin. also, especially the tournament one. Do you remember the one where you spend 100 gems and then it reimburses you the, the gems after you finish the tournament? I do. Do that tournament. It's a free tournament that you could be throwing for people if you didn't already do that. Boom. Mm-hmm, because once they're gone, they are gone. So that was two gigantic mouthfuls, balance changes, and a massive game update. So let's go on to our meta check. Meta check. That's right, so our boy Devin, Lord Christmas, comes to us with another well put together meta check based on the new balance changes. So, Joe, what did Devin give to us this week? Right, so this meta check is going to be slightly abbreviated just given how much other stuff we've had to cover but we didn't want to skip out on the meta check our boy Devin hit us with the numbers and they say I think a lot of what you and I and everyone else have been thinking since the balance changes hit first and foremost last episode we talked about the Tesla Tower being on the list for the worst card in the game but ever since not today not today ever since the balance changes came out This is no surprise, but it is not going to take long for this card to rise up out of the ranks. It's already hitting some of the charts, but it will be on the top 25 soon. I'm I'm gonna guarantee it. I don't know when, but it'll happen. (laughs) Joe knows. When it does, it will have gone from the bottom to the top. Now we're here. Boom. Boom. Aside from that, in the most recent period, the Zap has outscored the log in use rate 59% to 36%. As a matter of fact, the log checked in as the number five card trailing the Zap, the Bats, the Ice Spirit, and the Ice Golem. Now keep in mind there was no nerf ever given to the log, and it was super powerful, but no nerf was ever needed. It was simply the little cave buddies that we've got, which were the Bats, that (laughs) caused the Zap to become super prominent and just decrease the use rate of the log. Using different spells creates different types of deck archetypes in the meta, like using goblins or log bait decks or zap bait decks, etc. The unthinkable has officially happened. Sparky use rates just on the day of the balance changes being released. Sparky was used six times today in the top 25, whereas she was only used six times in the last seven months what? in the top 25 decks. So she was used, in theory, 
the day of the balance change is coming out as much as she was used in the previous seven months combined at the top of the ladder. That is a rags to riches story if I've ever heard one. You are not kidding. Are you ready for some stifling numbers? Yes. We need to see if this balance change is going to truly shake up the meta the way that it needs to be shaken up. Don't get us wrong, the last balance changes truly helped out the meta from a stale to a very solid state, right? But right before these balance changes came out, 21 of the 77 cards that exist in this game were not present at the top of the ladder. That means that 25% of the cards that exist in Clash Royale are either not used or not effective or whatever reason are just not there. Number seems a bit high that a fourth of your card pool is never seen at the top of the ladder. And maybe, just maybe, these balance changes will shake things up. We'll keep following it, we'll keep tracking it. Our boy Devin Lloyd Christmas will not stop giving us the numbers and we will see how this shakes up or shakes out moving forward. Devin, as always, bada bada boom. We will put this meta check into the show notes. Be sure to check it out. If you have any questions, let us know and we will try to respond. Dab, boom, drop the mic, walk away, boom. That was a lot of booms there, man. It was just an, it was an exciting, abbreviated, you know, meta check. I mean, I'm not complaining. I'm just pointing out a fact. Fine. Boom. I'm not even going to say it, but boom. boom. (laughs) Good. Um, So we also have some chests to open. All right. So what kind of chests you've got? So I have three chests. I have a clan chest, a crown chest, and a big dog. And I've got just a clan chest and a big dog, which naturally means... I go first. You go first. I go first and last. So this is going to be a little bit quicker than normal because, like we said, we talked a lot already. Yeah, we did. Are you ready? Ready. Here we go. Crown chest. 589 gold. Two gems. One Valkyrie. There you go. All right. The brawn. Ten bombers. Eh. All right. Seven furnaces. And 64 skeletons, Mortar Mauler, baby! Mortar Mauler, baby. It's not a bad chest. I am not complaining, especially with two gems. Perfect. My turn? Your turn. All right, clan chest. 10 of 10 clan chest, 7 cards, 1,620 gold. Boom. One elixir pump. Ah, 40 bombers. No! 67 of our cave-dwelling friends that we call bats. Nice. Dude, 10 flying machines. Okay. What? 16 fireballs. What's happening on your end of the the call? 134 elite barbarians. Hey, you know what? It's great for uh, touchdown. They're good in touchdown. Mm Mm-hmm. And two. Count it two. Giant skeletons. Awesome. That's a good chest, man. Yeah, not too bad. All right. Uh, my 10 out of 10 clan chest. You ready? Ready. 1,620 gold. Same as you, because everybody on the planet gets that much when you get 10 out of 10. Hefty numbers. Two 
a three musketeers. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying. I, you never know who might be confused. Oh, I know. Mm-hmm. 16 cannons. Good nice. for touchdown. Six fireballs. 98 bats. Nice. That's a lot. I know. I like, I don't know. I like the number 98. A little bit better than 100. It's weird. Yeah, it's better. Yeah, like 99 mm-hmm. is good too. Like when I used to get a 98 on a test, I appreciated that more than 100. Right. Like the 100 just feels too, it feels too right that it's wrong. Right. And we don't like to be right, as everybody knows. No. Okay. Right. 126 spear goblins. 19 ice golems. Not bad. Helps with bats. Mm-hmm. And three skeleton armies. Hmm. Three is a lot. Three is a lot. That's because they said, nah, he's not getting a legendary. That is what that is what they said. That's right. what just happened there. But I'll take the skeleton army because they are also very good in touchdown. Agreed. So I've got a big dog. You ready? I am ready. Magical chest, level 11. Here we go. 1,200 gold. Okay. 16 elite barbarians. 17 of our recently upgraded or buffed spear goblins. Nice. 25 arrows mortar mauler, baby. All right. Ugh, five bomb towers. <laughs> oh no. Wait, no, it's good. It's good in 2v2 touchdown. Oh right, it's weird. Like now when we get cards, we don't just have to say that they're good or bad. We have to think about whether they're good or bad in different game modes. Now we get to say whether it's good or bad for other things. This is great. Pretty much every card will always be good for something now. Hopefully, right. Fingers crossed. Alright. I've got two cards left. Twenty flying machines. What is happening? And four skeleton army. All right. Boom. Not a bad chest. Yeah, definitely don't complain about that one. That was a good one. Are you ready for my big dog? Let's do it. So this big dog comes to us from the 2v2 touchdown challenge. I actually went six and one, so that was fantastic. So that is where this giant chest came from. Are you ready? Ready. Arena 11, giant chest. 860 gold. Starting out strong here, man. One witch. Already? Yeah. 18 dark goblins. Okay. I'm feeling a legendary, dude. I'm feeling it. 229 stabby goblins. Stabby Goblins. Is there more? Tell me there's another card. There's one more, and unfortunately it is not a legendary. It is 39 Ice Golems. 39 Ice Golems. Not quite... Not quite a Sparky. Here's my question. Good, sir. When When a Sparky gets pulled out of your chests now, what is your reaction? My reaction for any legendary, good or bad, is excited. Because I know how rare they are. I don't care. I want them. That's not what I thought you were going to say at all. I thought you were going to be like, oh, I'm going to love it now that the balance changes came out. This is great. Well, you you could tack that sentence on to the rest of what I just said, too. 
I, I double what you just said. Consider it tact. Thank you. And that pretty much does it for our chest openings. That's right. So let's move on to our deck spotlight. Deck spotlight version 2.0? Yeah, no, not necessarily 2.0. Maybe, maybe 1.1. It's weird because we don't really have a full deck spotlight because we've been very busy. And like we said, this game just threw way too much stuff at us where we couldn't really play any of the decks that were on the ladder or come up with new ones because we were so preoccupied with touchdown. So what we did was we want to actually try out the new copy feature. And we've included three different decks that all have fairly different playstyles, one of which you will be familiar with, two of which you may not have heard of yet. So the first one is we're bringing back the Loblin, man. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. So do you want to just give a quick synopsis of what this deck is? Like, not necessarily how you play it, but like what style deck it is. Right. So just before we go into that, Rob did mention that all of these decks were found on the ladder, but he didn't mention that they're all found within the top 10 ladder spots. So they're very good decks used at the highest play in the game. So they definitely work. You just have to give them a shot. All right. So number one, we are bringing back the Loblin, the loving Loblin. Joe, what do we do here? The Loblin is the ultimate log bait deck. It's got the princess. It's got the goblin barrel. It's got the goblin gang. And for good measure, to close out the Hail Mary type throw, it's got the rocket. The Inferno Tower is there. It just assists with baiting out a zap and destroying, absolutely destroying big tanky units. We've deck spotlighted this deck in the past, and no matter what the meta has been, this deck has been dominant throughout them all. So be sure to check out this link, copy the deck. It is a zap or log bait deck. And it is super, super powerful. Number two, it is a Sparky bait deck. Rob, with the new balance changes that just came out, how could we not have expected Sparky to show up at the top of the ladder? A Sparky bait deck is one like no other. It requires every card that you can possibly think to zap within the deck itself. And a lot of people have been asking us for some good Sparky decks recently, both in reviews and via email and via the Discord, so hopefully this will suffice. So this deck has the Sparky, the Minions, the Bats, the Goblin Gang, all of which could be zapped. And the cool thing is that if you zap one, you probably don't have an effective spell for all the others. This deck also has a hog rider in it. Not your normal Sparky style deck, right? Like you're not seeing normally Sparkies with hog riders. Right. But like we said before, this is your ultimate Sparky bait style deck. The goal is to throw the Sparky out and then dominate with things like the Goblin Barrel and or the hog rider. So give this deck a shot. See how you like it. Play it fast. It's only 3.3 elixir cost, and that's with a six cost Sparky included. Boom. Number three is a mortar miner deck. So you know we love the mortar, but how do you play a mortar with a miner? Right. So the cool thing about a mortar is that you typically play it at the river, right? And it forces your opponent to play things at the bridge. Well, 
The cool thing is that when you pair that guy up with a miner, it creates havoc for your opponent. Typically, your miner is going to be played behind your opponent's archer tower, so it's hard for them to pick which troop to put behind the tower to defend the miner and which troop or troops to put in front of the tower so that it distracts your mortar. Ultimately, if they decide to defend against the miner, it allows your mortar to lock onto the tower and get massive amounts of damage. The good thing is that this deck is only 3.5 elixir cost, and that's with a rocket and a minion horde included. So at the end of the day, you can use this thing to cycle a rocket to rocket your opponent out, or you can use things like a goblin gang, bats, or minion horde, pair that up with your miner, and allow you to do some crazy good damage as long as you're taking advantage of some good opportunities. Boom. Boom. So be sure to check out the Loblin, the Sparky Bait deck, the Mortar Miner deck, and use the links in the show notes to copy the deck into your own deck slot so you don't have to worry about what cards are in there and what cards aren't in there. I guess the only thing that could be a little bit weird is if they... I don't know how it works if you don't have an available card, right? Yeah, me neither. That's actually a really good point. Like, does it say, nope, can't copy deck, or does it let you pick an alternative? Yeah, I'm not sure. I would hope that it allows you to pick an alternative, but I don't know if it's that sophisticated yet since it just came out. So we just wanted to give you guys the ability to quickly add the deck to your deck slots. That way you don't have to worry about anything. We'll still continue to provide you with a list of the cards that make up the deck, as well as a deck explanation to go along with the commentary we just gave you here. So be sure to check out the show notes, listen to the deck spotlight again if you need to, and read the descriptions of the cards. Yep, and more than likely you'll probably see uh, an actual button down there in the show notes. I haven't decided yet, but either a link or a button you're going to see the ability to copy a a deck into your game. Uh, And we have zero reviews for you this week, and some of you are probably very happy about that, but the reason why is because the site that we usually use to pull our reviews from iTunes is currently down, womp womp, so hopefully they can get their system back up and running so we can start hearing those wonderful reviews. Um, It's kind of sad when we don't have them, because I know they're there, I just want to read them. Yep, no, I totally agree, but that's okay. We'll save them for another day, and we'll cover them, you know, on the next episode. Yeah, and uh, anybody that did leave a review expecting to be, <laughs> or hoping, hoping to be read out on the show, thank you anyway for leaving us reviews like we say every week. It's the number one way you can help us reach more people, and we read them on iTunes, even though we aren't pulling them into the episode automatically. Boom. Boom. And we got no patrons this week, but that's okay. If you would like to learn about all the different ways that you can help support the show, please go to castrailpodcast.com slash donate. The link is in the show notes. I also wanted to bring up the fact that with this episode, you might have noticed that our album artwork is different. And we thought it was a good time to make a change because the game is fresh and new and fun and we wanted our stuff to be fresh and new and fun. And Joe and I, we came up with three different versions of pretty much a similar graphic. We sent it to our Discord as a sneak peek and they voted and the album artwork that you are seeing is the winner. So thank you to everybody that participated in the Discord and helped us pick the artwork that we wanted to use for the podcast moving forward. Bada bada, boom. Boom. And that 
pretty much does it. All the stuff that we usually list at the end of the episode is in the show notes. I'm exhausted. Joe, you look famished. You need some water. Get some food in you. Lay down and take a nap. I'm going to go play some Clash Royale. I'm going to go play some Clash Royale too. It's called 2v2 Touchdown. I'll see you in the arena. If there is nothing else, we will see you next time for another hodgepodge of everything. Hodgepodge of everything. Boom. Boom. Bye. Bye. Bye.